right, you HMS Pinafore enthusiasts. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Marty T. I'm Matt Donovan. And I'm Simon Blanford. We wish it was the 90s. Welcome back, you Simpsons enthusiasts. Well, this week on The Simpsons, the second episode of season five aired. Cape Fear was released on October the 7th, 1993. Well, before we get into uh, another one of Simon's great run-throughs, we have a new member to the podcast today. Uh, welcome, Matthew DZ Donovan. Pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, it is great to to have you. Um, little do you know that our good friend Ben Simpson has been um, banging on to me for a few months, saying he needs to get on the podcast before you. Uh, so he will be gutted when he hears this one. Um, what we've done... A few, uh, actually, a few people lining up for some guest spots as well. So in hot demand. Uh, what, we've, uh, what we've done in the past... This is one of our memories of The Simpsons. Um, so, so your specifically maybe in the nineties, and then just your your feelings about The Simpsons. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, yeah, huge fan. Um, it's been, um, yeah, I suppose really, really a part of life. I guess growing up and and learning some lessons through The Simpsons for sure. Um, I wouldn't say banned, but certainly not watched in the early days uh, of screening in New Zealand. Uh, later than we were allowed to to watch so um yeah it would have been about sort of season four or five that we really did get into it so um um yeah really the the cream of the crop the prime time episodes uh in these uh ranges of seasons that you guys have been looking at so really awesome stuff um yeah other memories uh biggest one for me probably staying up for the i think it was 72 hour marathon um on on sky one back in the day of of all the simpsons episodes back to back um so yeah love love that growing up and yeah, still very fond memories of it now. Sky One or the box at that point? Maybe the box. Or was it orange? No, <laughs> definitely not orange. Orange was Channel 7, I think. I think it was. Um, all right. Uh, so we'll, we'll have Simon do a little run through. We'll talk about our we'll have thoughts on the episode. Uh, we'll talk MVP best supporting actor and some um some best bits and quotes so simon take it over yeah thank you for giving me some ups on my run-throughs um really unnecessary considering that considering that lifted straight from wikipedia but here we go <laughs> um, after receiving numerous death threats in the mail most of which are written in blood art becomes paranoid he soon learns the culprit is his arch-enemy Sideshow Bob, who is incarcerated in Springfield State Prison. He sent the notes, wanting revenge on Bart for imprisoning him twice in Krusty Gets Busted and The Black Widower. The next day, Sideshow Bob is paroled because the parole board no longer considers him a threat to society. When the Simpsons visit a cinema to see Ernest Goes Somewhere Cheap, Sideshow Bob sits in front of them, smoking and laughing obnoxiously. The Simpsons realise that he sent the letters and threatened to kill Bart. Marge angrily tells him to stay away from her son. 
Parkinson's joined the Witness Protection Program, or the Witness Relocation Program, uh, in this case, and relocate to Terra Lake, changing their surname to Thompson and living aboard a houseboat. As they drive cross-country to their new home, they are unaware that Sideshow Bob is strapped to the underside of the car. Whilst suspended there, Bob is hit with speed bumps, has hot coffee poured on him, and is driven through a large cactus patch. After arriving in Terra Lake, Bob unstraps himself from the car and steps on rakes several times, injuring himself. Art sees Sideshow Bob in the street where he unstraps himself from the underside of an old lady's car and is trampled by a parade that includes several large elephants. Bart tries telling his parents of Bob's present, but Homer lazily dismisses his claims. During the night, Sideshow Bob reaches the houseboat and unmoors it from the dock. He ties up the family so they can't stop him. Sideshow Bob enters Bart's room and almost kills him right right up until Bart flees out the window. He tries to escape, but he cannot jump off the boat since the river is filled with alligators, electric eels, and more alligators. Sideshow Bob catches up to Bart and corners him at the edge of the boat, offering him a last request before his supposed death. Having noticed a sign saying Springfield's 15 miles away, Bart quickly has an idea. To stall for time, he compliments Sideshow Bob on his beautiful voice and asks him to sing the entire score of HMS Pinafore. As the musical concludes, Sideshow Bob puts the blade of his sword closer and closer to Bart's face until the boats run aground, knocking Sideshow Bob off his feet and preventing him from killing Bart. He is arrested by Chief Wiggum, whose police force was stationed by a riverside brothel while wearing bathrobes. The Simpsons return home to find Grandpa locked out of their house and unable to take his medicine, resulting him in him unintentionally becoming feminine. Grandpa is courted by Jasper with Steve and Edie tickets. Um, so that's the plot. A uh, few, obviously the main cultural, I mean there's lots of cultural references of course, but it does borrow the overall plot structure of the Cape Fear films. And doing some research into this, I didn't realise that actually before the 1991 version of Cape Fear, there was a 1962 version. Yeah. Which was um, something I didn't know. Have you seen Cape Fear? Nah. No. No. Nah, never. Uh, it's pretty ruthless, eh? So definitely uh, recommend to, to watch it. It's not bad. Um, but it's, it's loosely based on it. It's more like scenes from Cape Fear that pop up and the, the plot's loosely based on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Deezy, what, what, did you, uh, what did you think of the episode? Uh, yeah, I, I quite like the episode. Um, maybe not for the expensive plot lines, but yeah, just, just a funny episode. There's some moments that are, are just absolutely killer in this, just woven through it, killer pun intended. Um, but yeah, just woven through the story. Uh, yeah. Some some funny moments that we'll get to, but yeah, definitely a good laugh. Uh, I won't give away too much in terms of my MVPs, but yeah, Simpson family or the Thompson, should I say, perfect. <laughs> what about you, Marty? Uh, yeah, this is um, probably up there with one of my favourite few episodes. Uh, there's a couple of key quotes that we'll go into a wee bit later on uh, that have definitely stuck with me uh, long term. Uh, over the years and really, really, really strong memory. So it was good watching this episode again. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's well done. It suits a lot of the characters, uh, true to who they are. Um, so yeah, loved it. Plenty. Yeah, great episode and sort of universally rated as one of the best of all time. I think. 
Yeah. I my only thing I'll say about the episode, I think it's because the plot really actually does matter in this episode quite a lot. I feel like uh, the first couple of times you watch it, it's it's even better because the plot matters so much as opposed to later on when you watch it because you kind of already know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a top notch episode. Yeah, I think um, some of the, well, all of the other Simpsons episodes that we have done, there's been like a subplot. And this one doesn't seem to have a subplot that kind of just um, the, the main plot held up on its own. Um, which was quite interesting. I know a lot of Simpsons episodes have kind of two intertwined plots. I did mention that it's it's highly um, rec- recognised as a good episode Simpsons. Um, doing doing a bit of research, it's it's top ten in a lot of lists. Um, top two, I like was second or third in a couple of lists as well. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, pop, cult, pop culture. Just just quickly, just interrupt you there, Sam. Just um, one of the subplot things that you mentioned was interesting. How there's no sort of subplot, and that makes a lot more sense with the production of the episode where it said that they really, really, really struggled to get it to 22 minutes. Um, uh, I think okay. the subplot probably helped that, and that um, that infamous break scene is in there because they just needed to desperately push out the length of it. What do you guys reckon about the rake scene? Mm. Uh, I had a few thoughts on that, and it's like... Um... It's very true to who Sideshow Bob's kind of Sideshow character is. In this episode, mm. he's um, pictures as a bit of a somewhat of a mastermind of sorts, but not really. Uh, but still, it harks back to his true history of him being part of Krusty's show and the butt of many, many jokes he didn't ask to be butt of like, with the judder bars, the um, mufflers, the cactus bushes, etc. Uh, so it was a nice way for him to you know, continue on being, um, reflecting who he is, I thought. So you were pro? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely pro rake scene. Yeah, I, I agree. I, pref- I prefer the later payoff, which gets set up by that earlier overkill. So we obviously have the, the main rake scene, but then when he steps on the boat yeah. again, he stands on the one rake, which yeah. you're not expecting, and then tosses it overboard, which, uh, yeah, I quite like that setup. Forgot about that part, and yeah, I've rewatched it, and yeah, it's good. <laughs> would have been yeah. would have been funnier if, if sideshow Raheem had done it, but uh, it's all right. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to go a couple of pop culture references that I um, anyone noticed before I jump in. Yeah. That really stood out for me was when Ned jumps out from behind a bush with his. Ned Scissorhands, um, <laughs> but but also could be Nightmare on Elm Street when he jumps out as well. Uh, Freddy and Homer, um, just to go along with that, when he comes in with the chainsaw and the, the hockey mask, uh, just before he's coming with the brownie and the uh, butcher knife. I'd I'd uh, notice something there. Um, 
So uh, also, uh, just um, Sajo Bob, just while he's writing his, his uh, little note before going off to finally execute his plan, um, as it zooms in, he's sitting in the Bates Motel, which I uh, believe is a psycho reference, possibly. Uh, so a bit of psycho coming up there. And I don't know if this is pop culture, but uh, I also cited two Bill Clinton portraits. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw one. Episode. But one in the um, uh, parole hearing and then another one when they're uh, in the witness protection uh, interview. So, yeah, I don't know if that's really pop culture, but, yeah, popped up a couple of times. Um, MVP, best supporting actor, i throw it over to Simon first. I reckon, we've, I reckon we've got different ones for this. MVP might be similar, but the supporting actor, I reckon, will be different. Um, yeah, look, you know where I where I stand. Uh, when in doubt, go with Homer Simpson. <laughs> and Homer MVP for me in this episode. You want me to do my best supporting actor as well? Um, now let's go around and then we we'll come back to you for supporting actor Marty MVP. Um. I was toss I was going to go Homer, um, but I've gone with the easy one. I've gone with Bob. I think um, Bob adds a lot to The Simpsons. He's probably one of the better. Uh, what would you call him? A cameo character? He's a repeat repeat yeah. uh, visitor. Recurring um, cameo or something? Not yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I've gone with Bob for my MVP. Ace. Uh, yeah, tough one between my MVP and supporting, but uh, yeah, I did go the same as you, Cy. Um, I, I feel it's just a, an absolute cracker of an episode for Homer. Um, he's not necessarily one of the main uh, characters in terms of, you know, antagonist, protagonist, um, but uh, yeah, he has got some absolute ripper moments. I swear every time he pops up, he's he's coming out with something. So um, yeah, it's it's got to be Homer for me. This is, they've really channeled Homer in the like season four i really know how to write him um but not just write him but animate him uh just little looks and little mouth movements and things like that um I'll, we'll just go the same order um as last time so i don't have to say everyone's name uh, so supporting actor simon yeah bob bob was wonderful um and when i give homer the mvp it's certainly taking nothing away from bob who's HMS Pinafore performance was just one of the greats. But yeah, Homer probably just 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 nailed it. I think just over Bob because of how he just did not take the situation very seriously and how unsympathetic he was to Bart on the boat. I think I was next day. Um... Yeah, mine was Homer, uh, obviously. Uh, it was a bit of a tough call. I thought they, um, some of the things you guys mentioned about Homer, yeah, absolutely spot on. Uh, yeah, he was phenomenal. Uh, so my supporting's, I guess, a bit out of left field here, and it has an, uh, I guess, an also with, but I'm going for uh, Police Chief Wiggum yeah. and, <laughs> and the Springfield Police Department. Um, <laughs> Again, not in it uh, too many times, but the the moments they are are, are just absolutely fantastic. Um, Wiggum in this is is classic Wiggum, and just as stupid as Homer, if not more, and that just resonates absolutely perfectly with the episode. So, yeah, Wiggum for me. Yeah, Clancy uh, Pigum was my um, <laughs> was my supporting actor as well. 
he steals every scene that he's in. Um, he makes it for me, like the rest of the department, whatever. But he's he's just friggin' fantastic. I don't I don't reckon I love him in every episode that this one he just is fantastic. Um, that actually just leads me to a little aside because uh, you guys had Sideshow Bob as your either your MVP or supporting actor. I actually didn't really think he was as good in this as he is in other appearances. So I just want you guys to pick your favourite Sideshow Bob appearance. It might not come. I've got four here, and it might not be one of these four if you've got a different one. But So I've got that this ep, um, the episode where he blows up Selma, um, the one where he runs for mayor. Black Widower. Yeah, and the one where he uh, teams up with Bart and Lisa to thwart Cecil. Mm-hmm. Uh, same order. Son? Oh, look, we're not. <laughs> uh, you, you, I don't think you can really be a Simpsons fan if uh, the Sideshow Bob Mer- Meralty race is just an absolute classic, and I don't think you can go past that one on that list. Hmm. Even though, even though, to be fair, though, Black Widow is a great episode. No, I'm, I'm being, no, that's silly of me to say that. I, I like the Meralty <laughs> one. I like the Meralty one the most, but Black Widow is also good. But no, the, the, it is for me. It's the Meralty race one. Uh, yeah, the Meralty one. Yeah, is a lot of fun. Um, but I think for silliness factor, uh, I quite like the one with his brother. It was interesting that they had uh, Fraz- the guy who played Fraser's brother, mm. who was obviously um, Bob's done by Kelsey Grammer. Um, yeah, it was good. And it was, yeah, it was just really, really silly. Um, I was a big fan of Cousin Merle, uh, who was working <laughs> with, uh, with the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he struggled, old Cousin Merle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I can't remember all of the gags from uh the the damn episode, but I remember that being a a, a very a very funny episode. Um, uh, as I said, can't remember all of the the bits in it, but yeah, it's got to be that for me out of the 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 three or the four that you uh you listed. That would um yeah, that would certainly be mine. Having Cecil pop up. All right, just before we get into best bits and anything that does hold up in this episode. Maybe uh, was okay in the nineties. Not so good now. Um, I didn't think the only part that I thought that is dumb. I'm not sure whether it's holding up or not. Is just again, it's probably the, because they were trying to eke out the distance of the episode. But when they came back and Grandpa had just like grown breasts and long hair, I just thought, oh, it's just uh, weird and not. <laughs> Particularly funny. <laughs> um, I did like his response uh, as after Jasper said something. What did Jasper say? Um, I would have caught this young maiden and he d- turns his little uh, heel up. Um, yeah, classic grandpa going with it. Uh, but the, the I don't know if it even held up in the 90s, but when Up Late with McBain started and he had his classic uh, late night, news host introducing him who yeah. was in the SS uniform with a clear swastika uh, stuck to his left arm um, mm. and it seemed that there was a little bit of a German theme throughout because I noticed that 
um, during Thingo's uh, Sideshow Bob's trial, what did that lady say? No one who speaks German could be an evil man. I think I might have stolen people's best quotes, maybe. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You are right. Yeah, there was quite a few references to Germany and, yeah, the Eastern Bloc kind of cold um, area. I wondered if that was part of the – was it anything to do with the Cape Fear movies or anything like that? Uh, the German part of it? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. I, I did watch it a long time with, ago. Um, on his hands when he uh, was – what was he doing? Like bench pressing or something, and he had Louvre and Hart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's just because that's just he's got three fingers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daisy? Um, yeah, the only other part for me was just um, obviously after the, the uh, introduction to Late Night with McBain, oh, yeah. and he makes the, um, uh, you know, several homosexual joke references which i just think they wouldn't even bother going anywhere near that with that now you know it would just be nah let's let's stay away from that but i agree seem, seem like a weird thing to add i know the gag is then like oh fox is getting you know fox is running out of ideas kind of thing but mm, i just don't think they'd even bother anymore i agree this this episode um is not allowed to be shown in germany by the way <laughs> <laughs> Be, just because that, of that, uh, yeah. Because is that true? Yeah, hundred percent true. The swastika, um, which makes sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. All right. Best bits and quotes. I got lots of bits of paper for this. Uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do round table, um, and I don't want any of my quotes to be stolen. Thank you, but I know they will. Uh, Simon, best bit quotes. Let's go for it. Yeah, I actually didn't think this episode had as many amazing quotes as some of the others. Lots of lots of really, really good quotes, but because I'm going to stand by that and I'm actually going to give something that's not a quote at all, um, when Homer proudly is wearing, um, after being in the witness relocation program, a program designed to... <laughs> hide people and for people to not be aware that they're in hiding to wearing a witness relocation program t-shirt and a matching WRP hat was absolutely my favorite part of the whole episode and it was so good that 10 years ago I had a witness relocation program t-shirt printed and I, I used to wear it, and uh, once out of about 50 wears, some random guy laughed at it in the street. Uh, didn't go down that well with most people, but it was my favourite bit on the whole episode. Um, yeah, I thought the whole Witness Relocation program uh, set from start to go, you know, like one of my favourite quotes was, you know, when I say hello, Mr. Thompson, and stamp on your foot two times, you say hello. Uh, and then, which was obviously just after they tried to start doing that, and Homer wasn't responding, obviously. And yeah, you see a bit of the scene change, and suddenly there's about three durries uh, put out in the ashtray, <laughs> jackets are off, sleeves <laughs> rolled up, hairs are we um, messed up, and the rest of the family's at the other end of the table, bored out of their brains. <laughs> <laughs> the bit that um, I like the best yet there is where he's like, he's like, uh, he tells him what's going to happen. And then first time home is like, check. And then the next time he's like, yeah. nope, no problem. 
<laughs> Got it. And then, yeah, the the coup de grace was um, him saying after stamping on his foot twice, turned to the other guy and I think he's talking to you. <laughs> Which was, yeah, one of the quotes I was mentioning before has stuck with me for years. Daisy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for me, I would say uh, really the end when the boat uh, actually crashes, the houseboat crashes, uh, just the the cops being there on the scene, quick as a flash, perfect stuff from Wiggum, um, and yeah, just the quote uh, <laughs> that resonates with it. It's a good thing you drifted by this brothel. I just, uh, I, I thought that was great. There's actually quite a few um, good quotes in this. Uh, a very short space of time here, I think, and I'm I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say one more and and actually steal one more here since it's still no, in the same space. It. But um, yeah, just just in this bit, and again, uh, Wiggum's got plenty of input once more. But um, you know, finally wrapped up the case, and uh, Wiggum hits him with the "Take him away, toys." After Bart has uh, obviously said, "Take him away, boys." So, um, yeah, just uh, lo- love that whole bit, and and Wiggum and his obliviousness, stupidity is just perfect. So, um, it'd be that for me to start with. Um, <laughs> the bit I really liked at the start, Lisa's pen pal. Our president has been replaced by the benevolent General Krull. All hail, General <laughs> Krull! His glorious new regime. Sincerely, little girl. <laughs> Oh, the 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 start of this episode's fantastic. I could just keep going, but I'll uh, I'll hand it over to you, Sai. Um, yeah, the cactus bat, the cactus patch bit was fantastic. I thought. When oh, Doug's one, Bob is yeah exactly yeah Bob is uh, under strapped to the underside of the car, and Homer says, "Should we ride through that cactus patch?" Yes, yes, no. Two against one. Uh, it's just so good on so many levels, but that was a great one. And, and just before that part, when Homer pours the boiling hot coffee on him, the fact that he's drinking that coffee out of a mug on the open road, just, yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, this Maybe. coffee's way too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, one of the other ones I had was another guy who I considered for uh, chucking in there for maybe MVP or supporting actor, perhaps more supporter, but was from Ned. Um, I thought Ned had a, a pretty good episode from the limited scenes he was in. It's only one or two. Um, but his quote to uh, Maud when he said, these new fingerless razors make hedge trimming as much fun as sitting through church. <laughs> <laughs> that was my big fun. And uh, and with the other quote that he mentioned um, was uh, something along the lines of "I'll I'll say a prayer for you." The schools can't force. Oh, say your prayers, sorry, because yeah. the schools can't force you like they should. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Ned's an awesome one for how sometimes religion gets represented in the states. I reckon, but um, mm. yeah, they pull it off really well with the way uh, with the way they write Ned's lines. I think absolutely. Go on, Deans. 
Yeah, so I got to go with another uh, moment or, or sort of moments at the start, I suppose. Um, but it's uh, got to be with all the letters when all the letters arrive. Uh, Homer picking up his mail or what he thinks is his mail and exclaiming, "Ah, someone's trying to kill me!" Oh wait, it's for you, Bart. Uh, just <laughs> love, love that. <laughs> and then the 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 very next scene when they're examining all the letters and one is in different handwriting. <laughs> to which Homer confesses that it's his after Bart gave him this uh, this horrible tattoo with a wide load across the top of his butt. And uh, yeah, just those those two scenes there, Homer at the start, eh? Just, I kill, I kill yeah. you, scum. <laughs> yeah, that's the letter not even well written. I kill you, scum. So perfect. Uh, the... This is what I mentioned earlier. Um, Lisa's face... Uh, Lisa starts this episode quite well, and uh, <laughs> after all that, they've got all the letters on the table, and Homer's like, it's probably the person you least suspect, and it like cuts to Lisa, like her, like, her eyelids are halfway down her eyes, she's like, that's good, Dad. <laughs> really sarcastically, uh, I definitely laughed out loud at that. Um. I thought Bob, just a couple of Bob moments were great. Just trying to justify me selecting him as best supporting actor in the cinema where he says, oh, I'll stay away from your son, all right. Stay away forever. <laughs> that was a good line. And then when Bart uh, comes up with the genius idea of stalling Bob when he discovers Springfield is not that far away and he asks Bob, uh, can you sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore? He says, very well, Bart. I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. Which I thought was a great arrogant line. Um, another bit that I thought was good, I, I love a good reoccurring gag uh, central to someone's character. Um, and this one was when they were trying to work out who was sending Bart the letters. Um, and then I think Lisa <laughs> was saying something along the lines of, uh, was someone who you might have been uh, tricking or um, referring to Bart's prank calls to Mo. <laughs> and obviously, uh, they they ring him back up and say something along the lines of, I know what you're doing. Uh, you need to stop it straight away. Yeah, whatever, whatever they say. And Mo's, no worries, I'll get straight onto it, whatever. And what do you have? The pandas uh, smuggled away in the back in his shed. And I think he's also had, was it a, an orca in another yeah, episode? Yeah, and- yeah. Maybe some gamblers, I think, at another time as well. I'd completely forgotten that that was actually a recurring gag. I did not even realise it was a recurring gag because I was expecting <laughs> to see the orca and hear that noise yeah. that the orca makes in that episode, but uh, I forget, didn't realise it was recurring until right now. Isn't there a, a, a deer hunter Russian roulette-esque scene going on back there where, like, people are, you know, like, holding guns to their temples, like, Sure. Yeah, All right, that's it. Cool. that's it. Great stuff. Any more from you? Um. Uh. Yeah. I still had a, a couple of things here that I thought were quite good. Um. Yeah. As we sort of said, Bob maybe not um my favourite Bob as in, in in other episodes, but there was um yeah certainly one quote that just cracks me up, and it's probably the aftermath of it. But when he drops out of the bottom of that old lady's car. 
uh, to see Bart. And his line is, surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. And then proceeds to get crushed by about 10 elephants in a marching band. And um, yeah, just the fact that they get to the and Alps on two separate banners just to prolong the, the pain for him is, is great. Um, but yeah, just, just laying about, just having a chilled out time. Uh, so that was good for mine. The last couple of uh, that I've got um, when Bob's on the loudspeaker going through Evergreen Terrace saying who's not going back. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't mention Bart. And I, I run into Bart's room. Woohoo! Did you hear Bart? Oh. <laughs> Bart looks devastatingly back at him. Um, <laughs> And I, I thought that you mentioned it before, but great little cameo from Mo and the Pandas. Um, the, the other one was uh, when when Chief Wiggum is at Homer's house, he's like, "If side job," and he sets up that elaborate uh, like trap with all those wires and teddy bears. If side job Bob's foot in your house, anything you do to him is nice and legal, and gives him a wink. And is that so? He's like, Flanders, come into the kitchen. <laughs> oh, shit, I lost it. Um, oh, no, I think we're probably gone long enough. Just one more there. I'll give you one more. Um, yeah, I just love, I always love that, um, that sort of good joke, better joke thing. And some always all really, really funny Homer having that dream sequence. Uh, with uh, that he's John Elway and or he's the quarterback for the Denver Broncos and he does a quarterback sneak to score a touchdown and and the score is uh, Denver seven San Francisco fifty six. <laughs> so I thought that was great because it was already funny and then in fact they were losing by forty nine points at the time made it even funny. <laughs> uh, one of the ones I got I don't know if it sounds a bit straight uh, train spottery but. The options of the towns that they were giving um, to the Simpson or maybe Thompson family they were at that time uh, as to where they could live was firstly Terra Lake, which is where they went to, but the other two towns, which were New Horrorfield and Screamville, bear a striking resemblance sorry, to the other similar fake towns that they used a lot in the uh, in the show, which is... North Haverbrook, which sounded a wee bit like New Horrorfield and um, Screamville for Ogdenville, mm. uh, which, are, you know, probably made most famous by the monorail song by Lyle Lanley. By gum, it put them on the map. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know whether they were intentionally trying to do that, but I'd say Simpsons um, yeah, like to sneak those uh, cheeky little ones in there. Good get. Even the quote with that, though, uh, when Homer goes, I screamville, and then to which they correct him, and he, and he screams afterwards, was perfect. The, um, what do you think they were gambling on? Uh, how long the squirrels could stay in their pants? Leg. They'd come out of. Yeah, I think um, that that whole scene with in the police station was quite good because I noticed when um, 
they were talking to Chief Wiggum as they were panning over to who he was talking to. I can't remember what it was now, but like even the cladding was missing from the corner of the wall. Like the wall had started to come away, which I don't know illustrates the quality, maybe the quality of work that goes on in that building. This quote there's real good as well. Something like the day I take police advice from Mark Heddle. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I've got a any more? I, I've got a trivia question for you guys. What was the last season Rainier Wolfcastle appeared in? Okay, eight. <laughs> Cheers, I. Uh, I want to say the one with his daughter um, that was in that would have been in the mid-teens and I wonder if may have gone and gone a wee bit I'm going to say about 16, 17, something like that Easy. Mm. Yeah I definitely wouldn't be able to put my finger on it I thought it was more than 8 though um, I'll say 12 I um, saw him at the start. I was like, shit, he's not in that many. I don't remember him being in that many episodes. Uh, so I think I'm right in saying his last episode is in season nine. It's quite early. Whoa. Um, and I haven't like I haven't watched a lot of like a lot of the twenties. I have not watched of the Simpsons. Um, but Bob come like he was in an episode a year or two ago. Um, but Rainier, just something happens to him, obviously, he's gone. All right. Anything else from, uh, from you guys uh, before we sign off? No, I can see why it's a um, great episode, though. Yeah, best, best we've done so far, I reckon. Um, and looking forward to doing a few more over the summer. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Deezy. Very, very good debut performance. And... Adi, you're just going from strength to strength. All right, cheers, boys. Peace. Good to be with you. Awesome, lads. Thanks again. Cheers, boys. Brilliant.